Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. $100 for Minecraft? Telltale and the dark side of digital. Hello and welcome to Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're talking about a rather interesting story. One about Minecraft Story Mode and the price that it's currently selling at on the Xbox 360 Game Store. As we'll find out as we look at this story, it's actually a story of Telltale's bankruptcy, loss of their company, their assignment of assets for the benefit of creditors, and a whole lot of other things that kind of dovetail with what I think is the current conversation regarding our digital future in video games and really in all software applications and technology, how we relate to that, what we think we've purchased when it comes to these licenses, and what dangers there are in respect of our digital future. So let's take a look at this story. I've got a few things to say. And I think it's very important to understand what's happened with Telltale, both for why their story is unique in respect of especially their inbound intellectual property licenses, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but also why it's not unique. And it is something that we need to worry about on perhaps a more consistent basis with all of the software that we're purchasing, or more precisely, the licenses to use software that we're purchasing. So let's take a look at the story. Here we've got a story from Comic Book. It says, Minecraft story mode episodes are selling for $100 each. Interesting listings have appeared on Microsoft's Xbox 360 storefront that involves the delisting of Telltale's Minecraft story mode and some very expensive individual episodes. The episodes that create the story mode spinoff of the Blocky Builder are currently being sold for $99 each within Microsoft's online marketplace. Now, obviously, no one expects anyone to spend $100 on a single Telltale episode of Minecraft Story Mode. So what's happening here? Well, the Minecraft Story Mode folks wound up putting up a Facebook post that explains what's going on, and it all relates to Telltale's assignment of its assets for the benefit of creditors, which we're going to get into in at least a minute amount of detail in just a second. But we can think of it for this purpose as a bankruptcy. The company Telltale went under, and now the law has to figure out something to do with its assets. So here's the post. All of Minecraft story mode content was removed from sale on each digital storefront ahead of that happening. And they're referring to it uh, being uh, taken off the, the servers entirely. So let's take a look at the actual Facebook post because I think that's a little bit better than the way this article describes things. So I've got now in front of me the Facebook post. It says, special message for the players of Minecraft, story mode on Xbox 360 only. As you may have heard, Minecraft story mode games will no longer be supported via the necessary game servers on June 25th, 2019. So that's a little bit more than a week from now. All of Minecraft Story Mode content was removed from sale on each digital storefront ahead of that happening. In the process of removing these items for sale on the Xbox 360 platform only, existing Minecraft Story Mode players became unable to download their remaining episodes. So rather than just delisting them, not allowing them for purchase, 
whatever happened with respect to the Xbox 360 infrastructure, it wound up meaning that even people that already own story mode couldn't download the episodes that they owned. From working with the Xbox 360 platform, going back to their post, the only solution to this situation is to relist the downloadable content for purchase. So to assist existing customers, all the downloadable episodes for the two Minecraft story mode titles are temporarily relisted, but to deter new purchases, they will be relisted at a very high price. So this we see as a compromise position. It's a practical one. Apparently, at some point, the Minecraft story mode owners, probably Microsoft in this case, it's a little bit unclear who's running this Facebook site, who's running the communications from Minecraft story mode, because Telltale doesn't formally exist right now. But whoever is doing it doesn't have the right to sell these products on these various platforms uh, after a certain date, whatever date they wound up being taken down, they were delisted, but they were going to support people to download them for a period of time. And so because they don't have that right to sell them, they have to come up with a way that they can accept whoever has the right to sell them, whoever owns those rights, probably the, the company that owns the assets of Telltale right now, but even that's a little bit unclear and we'll get into details a little bit more in just a second there. But whoever has those rights allowed them to come up with this compromise solution, which is, hey, we want to be able to allow people to download them until that June 25th date that we agreed upon, but we can only do that by putting it on the marketplace because the Xbox 360 doesn't really support other kinds of early access or, or private offerings on their storefront. And so we are going to offer them, but at an exorbitantly high price. So if you really loved story mode and you loved it so much, but you didn't buy it before, you could conceivably spend $100 an episode on it right now. But this is really designed to allow people that have already purchased it, where that will come up as free or owned if they are trying to download it on their 360, to do that right now until June 25th for the next week. But when we get to the bottom, it's where the rubber really hits the road and where we really see what's happening in this story. Hopefully this will help existing Xbox 360 players get the downloadable episodes they are entitled to. When the game servers are switched off on June 25th, the content will once again be removed from sale and upon which downloads will again become blocked. So the only purpose in doing this is to allow these folks that own it already to download the game. If that wasn't something that they were trying to do, they wouldn't need to go through this process. And so it's very clear that at least with respect to the 360 platform, Minecraft will not be available. Minecraft Story Mode will not be available after June 25th, which is really everybody, every purchaser of digital goods in the modern era's ultimate fear. We always have a fear of, hey, we bought this thing and Steam goes under or Microsoft goes under or PlayStation goes under or the company that sold us the product goes under. And if it becomes delisted on any of those services, Steam or PlayStation or Xbox, what happens to my ownership right? Because if it's delisted, I get concerned because I, I can't see it on the main marketplace. Can I still download that thing? If I go through my download list or my licenses list, can I still go download that game that I purchased with my money? And in almost all instances in the past, the answer to that question has been yes. And the reason that question has been answered yes is because it's mostly in everybody's best interest. Even though there's a small variable cost associated with downloading and keeping available for download those games on Steam or PlayStation or Xbox, once the developer or publisher goes under, it is to their benefit to not make people question the entire digital marketplace, to, to question this solution that is making them 30 
percent of the sales price or 12 percent in the case of the epic game store and so for the most part we've seen these games continue to be offered even after they've been delisted but the minecraft story mode story and the telltale games story is significantly complicated by one fact which is in particular unique to telltale it's not only telltale that has to deal with this set of facts but it is unique to them because they really every product that they made with the exception of products earlier in their history dealt with this fact and that is that they in licensed intellectual property from others telltale really grew to prominence grew to fame with the walking dead season one of the walking dead won a game of the year award won a whole lot of acclaim for the company and it was after season one of the walking dead with the exception of prior licenses that they had had with uh i believe it was lucas arts at the time where they made the monkey island games and they did some work with sam and max uh it was after the walking dead that they really started taking on these extra licenses if you became a fan of telltale games in the last five or six years it was because you were interested in playing their Game of Thrones game, or you were interested in playing their Batman or Guardians of the Galaxy game, or continuing on with The Walking Dead. Telltale Games made a business model out of in-licensing the intellectual property of someone else. So DC Comics owns Batman, and then they say, all right, we're going to enter into a license with Telltale. You are allowed to use Batman. You're allowed to use the name Bruce Wayne, uh, and the name the Joker and Gotham and everything else that makes Batman Batman. And you're allowed to make a game with it. And yeah, we're going to overlook it. We're going to make sure it's going in a direction that we like. We're going to work with you as partners, but it's going to be a game that you make. And when we've finished licensing this to you, you're going to have an application. You're going to have Batman, the Telltale series that you can sell on a marketplace and you give your cut to Steam or you give your cut to PlayStation. And then you also give a cut to us. It's called a royalty. And they pay a certain amount of money back to DC Comics for the right to use the Batman name and intellectual property in making the video game that they're making. Now, that's all well and good as long as the company continues operation. But, of course, if you're familiar with the video game industry, if you follow this story at all, Telltale Games, as famous and as big and as much mindshare that they had in the marketplace, they went under last year. So I'm looking at an article right now that I actually gave some quotes to for Game Daily Biz that says... Telltale Games is closing, liquidation underway, and some games are being removed from Steam. This is as of November of last year. So that's to give you context for what's been happening here. And we see here, it says, Telltale Games is going through assignment proceedings, a process similar to bankruptcy, but designed to move quickly and settle the company's affairs. The writing has been on the wall for some time, but a company by the name of Sherwood Partners is expected to handle the process of winding Telltale Games down completely. Sherwood has initiated contact with anyone who might have a claim on Telltale Assets. And again, I recommend if you're interested in this story at all, click through to the storyline here. I do give some quotes. I basically am describing what is actually happening here from the perspective of it not being a bankruptcy. Uh, the quote I give is talking about it being an assignment for the benefit of creditors. And to shorten that for virtual legality, basically what it means is, a company that's no longer viable. It can't meet its debts as they become due. It's just got way too much liability for the assets that it can create or the profits that it can hope to achieve. It can make a decision in California under the California law, and a lot of states have laws like this, that says, hey, we're going to assign all of our assets to another company for the benefit of our creditors. And that company is going to figure out how to distribute the assets, how to liquidate the assets to make the most money, to get the most bang for the buck, and restore probably pennies on the dollar 
to our creditors that we owe money to when we went under. And that's what Telltale did in uh, late November or, or early November of last year. They said, okay, we can't make this work anymore. If you followed this story at all, you know that, that the story goes they had financing fall through and they couldn't make it work. And they assigned all these assets uh, to Sherwood Partners, and it was Sherwood Partners' job to liquidate those assets, to figure out how to get the, the most bang for the buck, as I said, and get those bucks out to the creditors as much as possible. And presumably, this is a relatively private, clandestine process from the public eye. They have been doing that since this, these assets got assigned. Unfortunately, that's not the end of the story, as we well know, or we wouldn't be talking about it in virtual legality. These... Uh, assets have not been liquidated in a fashion that has resulted in these games continuing to be available for sale. Uh, we saw this a little bit earlier in the year, or, or last month as a matter of fact, uh, when a number of other games started disappearing from the digital storefronts. And this is an article from Kotaku that I'm reading, which says more Telltale games are disappearing from digital storefronts. It says Valve recently removed the option to buy the Telltale developed series Tales from the Borderlands on Steam. And Good Old Games has announced it will no longer be selling any of Telltale's games starting May 27th. Nobody seems to know why. Uh, they talk about some Reddit users doing some uh, Reddit investigation here. And it says, Some of the other Telltale games soon to be removed from GOG include The Wolf Among Us, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Batman the Telltale series. Important to note there that those are all intellectual property licensed into Telltale. Different comic book companies, uh, in particular in this instance. We've received an official agreement termination and title takedown notice for all Telltale titles, and we are processing it within the appropriate time frame, a spokesperson for GOG told Kotaku in an email. So again, when we're thinking about this from a legal perspective, Telltale has to enter into an agreement with GOG, or Telltale's publisher, if it had a publisher involved on this. And they entered into an agreement with GOG, and it says, one of the things they have to represent is, we have all intellectual property rights sufficient to sell this thing on your service. And that agreement is with the original Telltale, not the company that has been assigned the assets for the benefit of creditors. And GOG can look at that and say, one of the things that we put in our contract is if you go under, if you have a bankruptcy, if you have an assignment for the benefit of creditors, then probably this contract doesn't work anymore and we have to renegotiate with someone else. And in this particular case, however these renegotiations are going, they aren't going well because they lost the rights to have these things on sale in GOG. And presumably someone issued this termination notice to GOG that says, hey, you can't sell these things anymore until we come up with a different agreement. Uh, otherwise, you'll be in, in breach of the law, really. You'll be stealing property, even though it doesn't uh, seem that way from the, from the outside looking in. And so they got this notice. They said, all right, we'll take them down. And that's what's been happening. But when we talk about in-licensing of intellectual property, we're talking about a property owner that has a certain vested interest in seeing that intellectual property out there. There's a reason DC Comics gives Batman to Telltale to make a game. There's a reason HBO gives Game of Thrones uh, to Telltale to make a game. And that's the same case with Borderlands. And so we, we get a quote in this article from uh, some of the Borderlands folks. It says, we are working to get Tales from the Borderlands back up on digital storefronts as soon as possible. A spokesman for 2K Games, the publisher of Borderlands, told Eurogamer earlier today, all prior digital purchases of the game will, of course, still be honored and supported. When contacted by Kotaku, 2K declined to elaborate on why the game was being removed in the first place. So we back up a step and we look at that last quote. All prior digital purchases of the game will, of course, still be honored and supported. And we start to ask these questions. Okay, if that's the case... 
what in the world is happening with Minecraft story mode? And it's not at all clear. It's not clear what has happened here. It's not clear why Microsoft, which is the intellectual property owners of Minecraft, wouldn't be stepping in to purchase the assets uh, from the uh, the ABC company, the Assignment for the Benefit of Creditors company. What is going on with these transactions? All we know is that in the current state of play, Microsoft uh, Minecraft Story Mode won't be available on digital storefronts in about a week. So as one thing coming from this virtual legality, if you take nothing else, take it as a public service announcement. If you own this game, please be sure to download it before June 25th. And if you own other Telltale games that are very important to you, I would also recommend that you download them immediately as well. They're not necessarily that big. There should be space enough for you on the hard drive somewhere because it is entirely unclear what this date means in respect of Telltale's other properties. It looks like it doesn't mean anything, but it could be the case that Microsoft is really being above board and announcing the unavailability of these games early uh, when other companies that should be doing the same thing, like HBO, like DC Comics, like Marvel and Disney, should be making these announcements, and they're not. However, when we get quotes like this where it says 2K is going to try to keep the game up or try to get the game restored, uh, and they're going to support it if you've bought it in any event, you have all these questions about what's going on here. And unfortunately, even if you're following virtual legality, it's not entirely clear. If you take another thing away from this video and podcast, it should be this thing is a mess. And it's always a mess when you've got multiple companies dealing with a bankruptcy, or in this case, an assignment, because you have all these companies with different rights. You have all these companies which might have a different expectation of what the value of the assets is in their hands, what the value of the assets is from respect to the, the trustee, the, the assignment for the benefit of creditors company about what the assets are worth and what they should be sold for and what they shouldn't. And if there is a disconnect between those two separate valuations, you can get situations like this where it makes all the sense in the world for uh, Microsoft to buy the Minecraft rights, for HBO to buy the Game of Thrones rights, for Marvel to buy the Guardians of the Galaxy's rights, etc., etc., and that's not happening for reasons that are entirely unclear. The other thing that's unclear is exactly what it means by necessary servers. You saw in the micro, uh, Minecraft story mode comment that they referred to necessary servers uh, when talking about why Minecraft story mode was coming down. It will no longer be supported via the necessary game servers on June 25th, 2019. The question remains of whether or not that applies to any of their other games. If you're not familiar with the Telltale properties, they had a light games as a service element. They had a light server-based element where when you made a decision in-game, it would tell you what percentage of people around the country and around the world made the same decision as you, made a different decision as you. That was a light tie-in to an existing kind of live services infrastructure but it wouldn't seem to be necessary for the actual application to operate. So it's unclear what this means. What is clear is that Microsoft isn't stepping in right now. Microsoft owns the Minecraft license. We would anticipate from a kind of legal and business point of view that they would have a vested interest in making sure that Minecraft, the name, isn't dragged through the mud on something like this, isn't being a very prominent example of why the digital future is dangerous and looking to be, uh, everyone looking at Minecraft is saying, wow, this is a problem. Microsoft certainly has enough money to buy the assets and to unify the intellectual property in such a way that they could sell the product, but they simply aren't choosing to do so. And in order to understand why it would be necessary for Microsoft to, to kind of make that purchase, I just wanted to grab real quickly a contract that we've looked at prior to now in virtual legality. And this is the Bungie Activision contract for Destiny. But it's always a useful example to show what kind of a standard contract term is. 
And this contract term that I've pulled up, which is section 17.3, talks about what happens, what can terminate the agreement. And this is what's going to exist in every kind of license agreement with Telltale. So it says, in addition to the above, each party may terminate this agreement immediately if the other party substantially ceases to do business with no opportunity to cure, to fix it, or if the other party initiates or has initiated against it voluntarily or involuntarily any act process or proceeding under the provisions of any bankruptcy statute or law or under any other insolvency law or other statute or law providing for the modification or adjustment of the rights of creditors and such process or proceeding has not been dismissed within 60 days of its initiation, which is a very lawyerly way of saying if you go bankrupt or you give all your assets away in a way that looks like bankruptcy, then this agreement terminates. And so when you've got an assignment for benefit of creditors, you might think Telltale can just transfer the right to sell the Minecraft game to the creditor company. And then the creditor company can sell the Minecraft game on Steam or on uh, Xbox or on PlayStation. But that's not the case because of these in licenses. Because Microsoft would have entered into a license for the Minecraft rights or DC Comics for Batman or HBO for Game of Thrones, they will have a provision in that license that looks just like this. And that provision will kick in when the assignment was made in November of last year. And that essentially bifurcates the rights. So now the creditor company has the right to an application called Minecraft Story Mode, but they don't have the right to sell it because they don't have the right to sell a derivative work based on the intellectual property of another. That right existed solely in a license and a license that was terminated by virtue of Telltale's bankruptcy. So now the creditor company has to go and say, okay, Microsoft, how, do, how can we make this work? Because it's to nobody's best interest to just have this pulled from the store. Even if it's making a trickle of money, that trickle of money is useful to you. And it's potentially useful to the assets of the company and the other creditors. How can we make this work? How can we unify this? And ordinarily what you'd have happen is you'd say each of these products is most valuable in the hands of the company that actually owns the intellectual property. So you sell those properties to those companies and you do an analysis of what the estimated present value of the asset is. And they come to an agreement and they buy them and they put them back up on the marketplace, which is what I thought would have happened when I was giving commentary on this in November of last year. But that clearly hasn't happened. Some of that might be hardball. Some of that might be the creditor company saying, whatever you're offering is not enough. And if you think we won't pull it down from the stores, we will pull it down from the stores. And Microsoft saying, go for it. My, Minecraft Story Mode doesn't make us enough money to worry about this. You do that. We're not worried about the backlash of Minecraft Story Mode coming down from the stores. We're not worried about X, Y, or Z. And so we're going to just let it happen. 2K by comparison, which we saw in the Kotaku article, might be saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't want the Borderlands name to be dragged through the mud any more than it sometimes already is. And we want to take care of this. So we're going to work with the creditor agency. We're going to figure out how to make sure that this game can stay up. And we're going to make sure that we can, in the interim, make sure that it's supported on Steam or wherever else people would have bought it from. And it's not going to be completely removed from the storefront. So we're going to help that. We're going to handle that for you. And the same could be said for other comic book companies, HBO, whoever it is that in-licensed intellectual property to Telltale. But... As you can see, that's a bunch of different companies. So it means that every specific asset that Telltale is currently or did make while it was still in operation has a different disposition. And that's what makes this so, so messy because all of these intellectual property licenses would have been cut off when the bankruptcy happened, when the assignment for creditors happened, because this is a very standard term in almost any agreement. I think every agreement that I've negotiated, perhaps in my entire career, but certainly in the last 10 years, 
has a provision that says, hey, if the other side goes bankrupt, we get to terminate this continuing licensing arrangement between uh, between ourselves. Or if there's an existing relationship of any other kind, if one side goes under, we don't have to continue providing X service, or in this case, X intellectual property license. And the unfortunate part of that is because of this unique situation that Telltale was in of inlicing all this intellectual property, everybody that purchased one of these games is in this dangerous spot in the digital universe. And you might think, Rick, I purchased this game. This doesn't happen all the time. Why can Steam do this? Why can Xbox do this? Why can PlayStation do this? And this is the last bit of this video or podcast, but we've talked about this in virtual legality before. The fact that you think you purchased a game on Steam or PlayStation or Xbox doesn't mean that you purchased a game. What you actually purchased was a license to play that game. And in general, a perpetual license, but it's a perpetual license that can be terminated uh, by one of these companies. And here we've got the Steam subscriber agreement, which I just pulled up as an example. But to give you a notion of the terminology that you're actually entering into when you purchase something on Steam, it talks about these things as subscriptions. It says you're a contracting party for any transactions for subscriptions, as we defined below. And then it says the Steam client software and any other software content and updates you download or access via Steam including but not limited to Valve or third-party video games and in-game content, will be called services, and the rights to access and or use any content and services accessible through Steam are referred to as subscriptions. Now, this is actually more honest than you might see in other terms and conditions where you kind of talk about products and things that maybe don't exactly meet your understanding of what a license is. The word subscription is pretty clear from a kind of plain English basis. You can understand, oh, if I'm buying subscriptions, then they could be taken away. Things can happen with subscriptions. Uh, Limited use rights could be imposed on these subscriptions in the EULA or elsewhere. And so this is a little bit more honest than we're used to seeing in the kind of games as a service context. But it doesn't change the fact that it can be terminated. It says this license ends upon termination of this agreement. So if you terminate the agreement with Steam, of course, Valve, or a subscription that includes the license. In other words, if the subscription gets canceled or terminated, then this gets terminated. And so if Telltale goes away or if the person that owns Telltale's assets, the creditor company, can no longer sell them on Steam, they can work with Steam to essentially have the subscription go away entirely, or Steam can decide on its own that the liability isn't worth it and can terminate it entirely. It says Valve may cancel your account or any particular subscription at any time in the event that Valve ceases providing such subscriptions to similarly situated subscribers generally. In other words, when Valve stops selling Minecraft Story Mode, Valve can take it away from everybody at its discretion. Those are the terms of the agreement that you entered into with Valve. And that might not be what everybody's expecting. In fact, I know for a fact that that's not what everybody's expecting, but it is the terms and conditions that you've entered into with Valve. And so when we talk about these stories, they're terrible stories, and we see a lot of people getting upset about them. And Telltale is, in some ways, a bit of a vanguard moment for folks that were invested in these games, invested in the digital future and the digital infrastructure. And I am very empathetic with those folks that look at this and say, well, this is not as good of a situation as it was when we owned our game discs outright, when we were able to purchase game discs and have them work to some extent, depending on how many patches were required in previous generations, to some extent they would work in the far future and we could anticipate giving them to our kids or whatever it is that you want to do with those game discs. That's not the case in the digital future. 
And I think it's something that is worth talking about in virtual legality. I think it's something that's worth talking about in the business community in general because it doesn't have to be this way. One of the purposes of this video and podcast series is to help educate and inform folks about what the current contract terms are in the video game industry and in other industries that we talk about. But it's also to kind of look at it and say, well, how could this be made better? And if you follow virtual legality, if you've followed this channel uh, at all, you know that I did a couple of conversations with Accursed Farms, who had a video that was fairly provocatively titled that went out there and said, games as a service is fraud. And I did a response video. It's about two hours long. So, you know, buckle in if you want to check it out. But I did a response video that says, no, games as a service isn't fraud. Because for the most part, fraud requires an intent to deceive. And these video game companies aren't deceiving. They have these terms and conditions and they say, hey, here's how it works. We can turn the servers off whenever we want. We can, in this case, delist anything that we want when we need to delist it. And the reason that that doesn't happen is more of a practical business-oriented one than a legal one. For the most part, Steam doesn't want people thinking about the fact that they're buying subscriptions and not games. Neither does Microsoft or Sony. And this is a very unique circumstance where you have intellectual property from multiple companies in license to a company that goes bankrupt, has those assets bifurcated from the in-licensed rights to the intellectual property. And probably, my guess is, nobody can agree on the relative value of what these assets should be in the various hands. And that's why we're getting these kind of stopping blocks. Microsoft says, hey, yeah, all right, we're not going to pay that for those assets. So you go nuts. Take it down off the service. We don't care. And the creditor says, fine, you think I'm bluffing? I'm not bluffing. We're going to pull it down. And you get into these situations where you have these fights. I continued the conversation with the Cursed Farms and uh, Ross Scott. It was very useful. Another two-hour video. I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, it's the second one on my popular uploads here on my channel. But we had a conversation about games as a service, and he was very concerned about the fact that we can no longer archive games. We can no longer keep them safe for future generations. And I said, I think that's an absolutely fair point, And I think it's something for people to discuss. And I think this telltale situation is undoubtedly going to continue Ross Scott and Accursed Farms uh, continued uh, hatred of games as a service as a concept, even though the telltale games aren't particularly service oriented. They do have this kind of digital future element that is going to prevent them from being archived and is going to create all these issues for people that are invested in telltale games and love telltale games for while they existed. And I think it's worthwhile to have these conversations. I think the fact that something is legal, the fact that something is contractual, doesn't mean it's a good situation for either really the industry or the consumers. And so I do recommend if you followed this video, if you did follow this series or this channel, that you share this around. Because I think it's important to understand what's happening here. And I think a lot of people are confused about Minecraft story mode and what's occurring. That you share it around that you download the Telltale games that you want, and that we all collectively think about ways in which these contracts could be made better. And one of those things that jumps to mind is that you could have a responsibility or at least a, a push by the digital storefronts to say, hey, if you're going to sell something on this platform, we're going to require you to represent that you have the intellectual property rights to transmit this uh, application even after you go bankrupt, even after it's assigned. In other words, that you have to have negotiated in your in-license for intellectual property the rights to have it be transferred out to Steam or Microsoft or PlayStation even after you go under and that we can remit royalties as required so that we don't have a situation where these games become completely unavailable to those that have purchased them. And I think that's a, that's a viable solution. It's one that kind of mirrors what's happened with respect to music licenses. If you followed uh, television shows on Netflix from maybe the mid-90s, late-90s, early-2000s, you know that a number of those television shows had their music changed. 
because at the time that the music was licensed into those television shows, it wasn't really thought of that they would need to have the rights to distribute that music digitally over fronts like Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu. And so you have these versions of shows like Scrubs uh, or like Friends uh, and certain other instances where the music is tried to match something that they can get a license for, but it's not ever as good. And so we see that that was fixed. Uh, as soon as Netflix and Hulu and, and Amazon Prime and everything else became uh, something that was in existence and people complained about the music not being the same, those licenses got fixed. People made sure that the licenses that they put music into their television shows with included the right to distribute them digitally. And so I think we can push, we can advocate to have licenses between the folks like Telltale and HBO that say, hey, if you're going to sell this game on PlayStation or on Steam or elsewhere, you make sure that you have a license with HBO that says, hey, if something bad happens, the application in total can still be sold on our platform. We can't do anything else with it. This isn't about using Game of Thrones to make Valve games. This is about making sure that the application can stay on there. And even if it can't be sold, that it can be maintained on the server so that people that purchase the license can have it downloaded. And so I think that's one fix that could happen from just a purely contractual or legal basis. I'm sure you have your own ideas and your own input that could be added to this conversation. So please do leave comments in the video or otherwise contact me on Twitter at Hoaglaw or have a conversation with me. I think this is an important discussion to have, and I certainly think it is a prominent discussion to have right now because of Minecraft, because of Telltale, because of the prominence that these games and this company had in people's lives. I think now is the time to have this conversation, and I hope you do have it with me. If you caught this video on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it in its podcast form, thank you so much for listening. And please do review it on the podcast service that you listen to it on. Otherwise, I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. <laughs>